Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello, this is Captain Poodle speaking. Are you ready to find love? Yes, ahoy, matey. Love. Do-do-do-do. Exciting and new. Go online. Mmm. They're catfishing you. Shocker. Fiance. Soon you'll be flying to parts unknown. 90 Day Beyonce. Marrying someone you only met on your phone. Be they French or Chinese, a brand new K1 visa's the key. Ooh, the key to what, poodle? To love. It's reality, yes. Let's love. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. You know, <laughs> it's going to be a show when you when you ask Poodle right before you press record, have you taken your CBD today? And I said, roll tape, you bitch. And that means no. You know, I'm fine with how you're, I am right now. I'm perfectly lovely, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and I'm ready to lovely. go. You know, it's interesting. You're going to be like my father when you're old. You're going to refuse to take medicine. You're going to refuse I take all health. kinds of medicine. You're going to ref- you're going to refuse everything cuz you're like him where you feel like on sheer will alone you can do I, it. I I take medicine. I just don't want to I I'm fine with how I feel right now, and I don't want you to micromanage me telling me to go take my crazy pills, because that's did, what you're doing, and I don't you like take, it. Did you take those this morning? Yes, those I took. Because <laughs> that's not me. That's Poodle. He's, that's non-negotiable. I need those. Needs a li- And he calls them crazy pills, y'all, not me. Oh, I yeah, I call them word. that. Yeah. So, y'all, <laughs> welcome. I think you've called them that, though. You call them that first, because I lived with you. You would say, I got to go get my crazy pills. <laughs> and I, I would talk say, okay. that way. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Yo, this is reality gaze. I, I moved my you. setup in my apartment a little bit. So if it you're watching a little on Intimate Portrait, weird. you're seeing another window into Poodle's home. <laughs> I still need art for this part of my wall. Um, but yeah, you're seeing another angle because... We were recording in the morning, and my morning light is too much behind me, so I looked like I was in a cave. I and like now how you he look looks, right now. Yes, and now he looks beautifully shot with no wrinkles or circles under his eyes at all. 
and I look like I'm in a bunker in Oklahoma <clears throat> dodging a tornado. Pretty much. That's that's accurate. Yeah. So that's um, what we're dealing with today. Sound a little echoey, but oh well. Fuck it. You actually sound better to me than you do in the other. Interesting. Because that, that right. desk. Because yeah, no one gives a shit. <laughs> Y'all, because you know, I'm working on perfectionist impulses. Yeah, you I'm really. I'm doing my best. Let it go. Let it be. Let it be. You know what? As long as you don't tell me to let it go, I'll be fine. And let me tell that. Because you're not the <laughs> boss of me. Um, no, but I'm in a business part of let it go, bitch. You have to. No, I don't, I don't we, like can being we, told can what Can we to make do. shirts that say, let it go, ho? <laughs> I like that. I think that would get in trouble for licensing. Oh, let it go. So anyway, y'all, this is part two of let's talk about sex, baby. We really needed time to process Mike and Natalie. I still don't know if I figured out what happened. I think I had a dream about it last night and I don't remember it fully and I don't want to. I still don't know exactly what was responsible for that blow up. Do you just want to talk about that? Do you just want to get into it? Now you're changing the order of the way we talked about doing it. No, you mentioned it first. So (sighs) I feel like we might as well just discuss it. Fine. I guess I'll roll with it. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. Elaborate plan. I'm a little crabby this morning. Because yeah, no my, shit. My father stopped at the toilet, and I had to use this long metal <laughs> Today's thing. home health man. Crank it to, to so that way the shit could get out because he's been clogged up for two days, and we took a Miralax, and y'all, it's coming, and I don't need another river of shit in the bed. Um, And I just asked, could you tell him to give a flush halfway through? And I guess his father didn't think of that. I just know now, last night, it started last night. Around twelve thirty, with talking about your father's shit, and I got up and I could just smell it, and then oh went, "Here we go God. tonight. Here we go." It's disturbing. <sighs> anyway, we think we're on the other side. So yes, let's talk about Mac and Natalie. Let's um, any announcements before we do that. Uh, we just want to remind y'all, F Boy Islands coming on HBO yeah. Max. We're going to be covering that. That's dropping it's on our regular feed. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to be talking about on. Uh, don't forget, Darcy and Stace is going strong on our regular oh. feed. Oh, y'all have expressed your overwhelming joy about that show being back, and it is. It's- Glorious. This season already has been paying dividends. Oh, and it's... it wore one episode in. <laughs> one episode in. Also, I want to mention that we're going to be doing um, Love is After the Altar of Love is Blind. That's coming up. That'll be on our $5 at the Patreon. <laughs> and then we also have Sexy Beast, which we're going to, I don't know when. I do. watched two of them. Whew. Is it bad or is it good bad? It's not good bad. <laughs> it's just bad. Is this going to be like a labor of love? We're going to figure out the quickest way we can put this out so it will be less painful for not just us, but for also our listeners. Let's just say that. (sighs) Okay. You may like it more than me. Um, I had, as as usual, problems with the storytelling and problems with the concept of the show. Um, Wait. Actually, huge problems. But you didn't have problems with someone dating in a dolphin face? <laughs> you know what? That is the least offensive part about the show, actually. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Okay. That is the only fun part about All the right. show. All right. Okay. Well, 
other, when, as soon as you take the effects away, then it's just terribly boring people talking at one another about nothing. Sorry oh, not to oversell no. that show. Wow. <laughs> so we've got ourselves another labor of love, do we? It's not that bad. The, the thing about it is, and, and I don't want to go into too much detail. Um, it's what I talk about all the time. It's what you talk about when I talk about what matters with storytelling, what matters with acting. Stakes. And the stakes for this show are medium at best. And it's just, does it work? I agree so with that. It's, it's fun sometimes because you see them dressed, but I've, I've got a lot to say. I must be getting hungry because you said steaks and I just thought of Anna and Marcel sitting in front of that Omaha steak sign <laughs> and wanting steak. Steak? Steak. Steak, Anna. Steak, Anna. Okay. Uh, okay, Marcel. Okay, Marcel. We're going to have steak. Okay, can Marcel. I cut your, Marcel, can I cut your steak, Marcel? <sighs> I love seeing them on 90 Day Diaries. We'll finish um, that sometime. Let's God. jump in. Let's jump in. Let's just okay, do it. Okay, so Mike and Natalie, let's talk about it then. Woo. Um, so I, we've, been, we've been kind of been going through, just so, a little perspective, you guys. We've been going through, even since last season, we were like, are they just mugging for the cameras at this point? Do, are either of them even in it? Yes. Um, are they doing it just to, or or are they or or the other option? Are they so awful to one another that they can't be without one another? And how do they actually love one another? Is do they even know what love is supposed to be? Um, I want to know what love exactly. is. I want you to show me. Whenever I do falsetto, I have to do my hands like my nephew. <laughs> it's like this. Wait, which That's nephew applause. does? Which That's nephew the does this one? Oh. For some reason, applause is it's it's for a. Uh, oh, oh, I was gonna say sign language. He's gay if he's just walking around going like this. I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of help hope for him to be to be homosexual. The fact I think that he you might and I have solidly. not had a homosexual nephew or niece is sad. It's shocking. I, I will I will agree. I've only had uh, I only had three, so there's not a huge <sighs> chance. If there were four or five, um, there'd be a bigger chance. I'm hoping one of my nephews will have a kid and they're gay. I think I got all the gay stuff in my immediate family. Maybe that's <laughs> it. Maybe we took all of it. It was siphoned into me. I was <laughs> so you bring up. We've talked about this a lot, and to me. I walk away from this segment of Mike and Natalie. This was all real. Yeah. I'm starting Which, to. Well, it was real to, it was real to the extent that this is, this is the, this relationship is so fucking broken that that's why I kept I saying. I think broken's almost a nice word. It's like, <laughs> no, but it is, it is. Annihilated. Dis, it is dysfunctionally, dysfunctionally toxic. Yeah. It's horrible. Um, so I think, and, and we're going to talk about where we wound up at the end of this, but Natalie, this is after Christmas, by the way, I believe. Um, yes. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's having a coffee with Juliana mm-hmm. um, or Julia or who even knows they, they use it in her, they, but they use it interchangeably. 
Can we just um, call her a headband? <laughs> she's she's sticking with a headband, y'all. <laughs> I thought it was like a cultural thing. And I was like, okay. She always wears a headband and it flattens her hair and makes her hair look just it y'all, she's a, a, a pretty woman. Yeah. But not with that headband. It just it, it kind of makes her look like um kind of like Kathy from the yeah. comic book strip. It's <laughs> she does she is kind of the Russian Kathy. Yeah. Ick. <laughs> Ick. Chocolate. <laughs> um it it is kind of I I I think she's in love with Natalie. Um, I think oh. I said that there was just like a little bit of a look, not not fully in love, but I think she wants to kind of fix her problem. I don't know. It's a little single white female vibes for me. Uh, so they're talking about, and Julia's Juliana's got a lovely treble clef scarf on. So that means she's a musician, y'all. She is. Uh, boy, how many how many ties and scarves and bow ties were we given because someone said they're a musician? They'll love this. I mean, I had I so many piano ties. Many, I probably didn't get as many as you. Oh I my finally God. just I only wore the Phantom of the Opera tie that my Aunt Karen painted. <laughs> I always got compliments on it at district. Where'd you get your tie? My Aunt Karen painted. It's an original one. That's one the of the gayest kind. thing I've ever heard. I've said that a lot, but <laughs> that is the gayest thing I've ever heard. I a don't Phantom of the Opera tie. I, I, I don't think I ever would have thrown it away. I don't know if it's in my house. Maybe my mother has it. I can't imagine me ever throwing that away. And, but you, know, you can't she, wear it again because it's she, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, she made my cousin, her son, David, one. But mine was different because mine had the Phantom mask and then the rose. <laughs> then the rose. Didn't help. <laughs> um... <laughs> Wow. I'm trying to figure out in what world that would be wearable. It's like when, I you, rem- when you go to like an amusement park and they have <laughs> like like a formal blazer with Yosemite Sam on the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what occasion would that be for? Well, what That's I, not for black tie. <laughs> it'd be like now, let's say you're in middle school and your aunt painted you like um uh, a, like maybe like painted like a dear Evan Hansen tie. For I'm not you. into that show. But no, imagine if you're a teenager going oh. to choir concerts and you like musical theater. They mm. all love dear Evan Hansen. Too esoteric. I would not wear it on my body. But you wouldn't in high school because no, I wouldn't. So maybe like your aunt painted like someone with the poems of Paul Verlaine on a tie. Verlaine. That's what I said. <laughs> You would wear that on a tie. That I would because it would have some type of abstraction to it, probably. But you would wear it because you wanted to be different. And then, yes, I would wear it. And for and people I to wore ask it me because it. I wanted to be different. Oh, wow. I would just think it was just basic. But that's maybe that's me. But that so was. So people would say, Is that Phantom of the Opera? I, I don't know. You say that, but I bet. I bought I bet, my mom a Phantom of the Opera sweatshirt and she loved it. I, it, yeah, I had that too, <laughs> that glowed in the dark. I think it was, yeah. Yes, it glue in the dark. Wore it all you the just time. Said glued, <laughs> glue in the dark. Glowed in the glowed in the dark. Um, I like it, that past participle. It will. It will. <clears throat> also, it's kind of like you got to think about. I disagree with you. I think if you were in high school right now, or maybe even middle school, this was middle school that I'd wear it, not high school actually. Um, I don't like vanity ties. 
I don't I like don't love them. But when you mm-hmm. were a kid, I think you're thinking too much as a 40 year old adult and not as your 14 year old self. 13 year old self. Why you gotta go? Why you gotta bring a number into it? I'm just saying that if you were 13 years old and you heard you will be found, you You know what? I think you're right. I think I probably would have one of those. Yeah. But, but. Just the i just the idea now of Phantom. Uh, I did have a I had a fa- Phantom book and I knew all of it, but I don't know if I would put it on my clothes. Um, I was I'm so I'm super classic classic like that. Um, yeah, that when I clothes. think of Jackie O, and then I think of style, <laughs> I think of poodle. Yeah, with holes in your t shirt, very classic your style. Cargo classic. shorts with pockets that just where you, where one of his balls pops out. Yeah, that's the same. <laughs> We need to move on. <laughs> God. Um, so she is basically explaining that she's telling Juliana that she left to, and she, Juliana's playing devil's advocate. She's like, why don't you leave? I left that night before the surgery because the doctors were telling me I needed to be calm. And I would not be calm if we were fighting. Um, again, the the level of drama and histrionics that Natalie's life runs on in general mm-hmm. is and and the way her brain works in logic is just really bizarre. It's very she's again it's a trauma response. One I blink away from lunacy. So and then he says she says to Juliana, he tells me that I'm crazy. It's all in my head. Gaslighting, gaslighting. I agree. And and in his in the last season we saw. I was kind of like, Natalie's just crazy. I don't think he's really gaslighting her. Now it's full on. That's the only way he knows how to manipulate her and to get her to apologize to him. He has never validated anything she has said. I feel sorry for any woman who's with him. Uh, Because I don't think he'd ever ever, uh, be, be reasonable with any partner. You know, I think, I, did, he'd, I think he'd act the I same think, way. I I did have sympathy for him um, uh, in this a bit, but at the end of the day, I think being with Mike feels very alone. Yeah, he seems kind of a solitary person, mm-hmm. and I bet it, he doesn't really. He just he wants you to kind of fit into his yeah. life. He, he'd be not good build with someone who's like him. He'd be yeah. good with someone who is also like that. That is not Natalie. Who's not Natalie? Who needs affection? Who needs who's validation? Co- who needs codependency? Yeah. Um. So there, uh, she tells Juliana about her his mom calling him a hooker, and we're we're still in Hookergate, y'all. We're this still is all, in this is the fourth gate. act of Hookergate. Collie, I wish they had video, or maybe they're saving it for the tell-all. I'm sure, there's video. Sure, I, I'm. Where is this video? I need to see. You're right. They're probably saving. I it think for the they're tell-all. saving it for the tell-all. I think that's really shitty too, for people to for people to just assume that Natalie's crazy, and and what was said, or when they do bring it at the end and we find out she didn't call her a hooker, then Natalie's shitty. So it's like both sides. It's terrible to do that to them in in two ways. It's it's as a viewer, <laughs> I think it's terrible. As a producer, I would totally withhold it. 
I don't know. It's just ethically as, wrong. As a producer thing, it's gonna. It's a great thing to bu- to to drop in a tell all. I would totally. I do don't that. know. I, if I'm if I'm ever a producer, I'll probably be actually. Y'all, terrible. if I'm ever producing a reality show, it's gonna be awful. I'm. Go- I will manipulate terrible. the fuck out of your circumstances yep. to get good ratings. Sorry, that's my awful. job. <clears throat> um. So that's why she I don't do is, it. She's te- Juliana says he's a mama's boy. Let go of the boob already. Um, like Michael, like Michael, <laughs> like, and then, then not Mike, Michael as in yeah. Michael. Then Natalie goes on this strange, bizarre, a, a, a metaphor about a big, beautiful elephant being tied to his mother, and all the elephant needed to do was break the rope. And uh, oh, I got this metaphor. She just fucked it up. You've heard this before, <laughs> though, right? No, I've never heard it before. Um. It's really upsetting to talk to you. Your eyes are sparkling in the morning light, <laughs> and I look horrible. I'm Ooh. really stop posing for the intimate portrait, please. Hello, please. audience. It's so good to see you today. Oh, God. So the whole so what? This is actually a great metaphor for Mike. She just kind of uh, so the metaphor is, and I think they actually do this, or they used to do this with circus elephants. When an elephant is a baby, they put a, a heavy chain around the elephant's foot. And chain it up, and then it comes. It becomes sad. Actually, it becomes. I remember I, chain. I understand. Yeah. So it becomes conditioned. So that way, because people wonder, how come you tie like an elephant when they're an adult? You just tie a simple rope around their leg, this, and they know not to move. This makes me sick to my stomach because I hate talking about this. But, but that's going. that is the yeah. metaphor she is talking about, and it actually is a <laughs> great metaphor because she's right. Mike grew up with butter and he feels like he is totally tied to his mother right. and he can't break away. But she says now he is this big, beautiful, hulking, strong man and he can't break away from her, even though there's not this big chain tying them together. Yeah. No, it was a I mean, great metaphor. And she completely pulled a Maddie and <laughs> fucked it up. She was like, then there's a needle and there's a line. I was like, what? What? It was. She was doing it with her big old blinky, blinky eyes. I was like, what's happening? And then Juliana said, you are a woman with a capital W. W. That's the thing. I feel like she likes her. I feel like she's she's got sapphic vibes. Uh, Maybe. So she is best. She's like, I want to tell him. Defend me. I am your woman. I am your woman. (laughs) So cut to Mike and Natalie are walking around the city. And it kind of, I wrote, but we're going to find out later on it makes sense. I was like, huh, why lately they're not really in sequel a lot anymore. They're always in the city. I was like, He's why seeing are they, her. Why are they always She's in the city? She's been staying there. And so, but we aren't led on to that. We still think they are living together all the time. Mm-hmm. And Nancy's like, how was your day? And Mike says, very hectic, very hectic. Lots and lots to do today. Poodle. What's a hectic day for Mike? <laughs> Someone, uh, the, no, you know what? It's a hectic day for him mm-hmm. being on the phone most of the morning and then someone staples something wrong uh, <laughs> and they have to go do it and go and do it. And he says, guess that's, that's not going to work. So he probably had a couple of meetings. He, Mike sighed at least 3,500 times. Oh yeah. That day. Yeah. Yeah. Someone yep, probably put the someone put the water on the community water thing, and it was a little bit crooked and leaking a little bit. He had to um, get someone to fix that. Yes, 
That kind of right, stuff. I had to put my phone down because it was buzzing. Um, well, good. So uh, I would I would say he had a hectic day, but she's basically all of a sudden uh, she. She tries to talk to him while yeah. they're walking. She says, "I want to talk about. We fight a lot, and it's terrible. You, you shut me down, and you, you shut say, me down. You shut me down, and and you say a lot of everything is in my imagination." And she brings up again, "I'm mad at the mom the way you treat me. She doesn't even know me." And Mike says, "Again, gaslighting. What? How right. does she do? What does she do, y'all? This her mom's so like Poodle said, she's barely passive aggressive. She's almost no, she's straight up aggro." <laughs> And Mike even said then, he's like, why do you keep talking about this? Which, again, yeah. not validating, not validating. And then that's kind of all we get of Mike and Natalie out in the wild of the city because right. we get their testimonial confessional. And the producer says, what do you think your, my, your mom said, Mike? And y'all, this is – get ready because it all – suddenly the show entirely shifts to behind the scenes oh. of Mike and Natalie. And if – y'all, I'm going to tell you now. If this you, was the realest thing we've seen in like two seasons. If you haven't watched this and almost you just listened to stop us. Stop now. I think you need to stop now. You need now, to watch this part. Go watch just that portion of the show. It's when they're sitting there and he gets up off the couch. It is fucking one of the most riveting things I've ever seen in reality TV. And, and it was hard and to watch him screaming at her. Really hard to watch. It was – it was – it was just – it was hard to watch because she was shutting down. But so yep. basically the producer even says – the producer says, God, I would love to interview this producer. Me too. Oh, my <laughs> God. And said, what do you think mom said? Mike doesn't say anything. He won't, won't give an answer to even the producer. And he kind of is like, mm, mm. And then looks at Natalie and says, maybe you should ask her. Right. Like, Which has been Butter's plan, because then yes. Butter can be the blameless one, and goes, I, and then Butter could say on national television what we've been waiting for her to say, and that's, anyway, y'all, that's what's going to happen here in just a second. Basically, let me just, let me just uh, lay down a couple of points. So, she's talking about his mom and how, what she said to her, and uh, and he says, stay right here. I'm going to go get a phone or uh, I don't I don't have a phone. I don't no, have a phone. Well, Natalie even says, she's like, he says in my, and Natalie says, <clears throat> Natalie finally is calling him out and saying, so it's in my head. It's in my head. Right. She's like, everyone's act like I don't know what I'm talking about. And then he gets up and that's when he gets frustrated and he walks away and she said, you're walking away. You're doing what you all, what's interesting about this is they're finally calling each other out on the behavior yep. that they've never been talking about. Right. So she's saying, we haven't seen this on camera at all. At you guys. all. And she's saying, you're walking away. You're, and he's going, he just goes, <coughs> who, 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 who'd you, <coughs> who'd you ask Natalie? Who'd you, and that's when she finally says, go get your phone and right. let's call your mother. And well, no, he said I'm gonna go, go get my phone. He's oh, he yeah, said yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go get his phone. So he goes and gets the phone, and and Natalie's like, "Hi, Trish," and she Trish. goes, "Hi, hi, <laughs> hi, hi, hi." <laughs> and but the, here's the deal: Mike wants her to say, and she doesn't at first. She says, "When." 
did you call me a hooker? She doesn't say that. Instead, Natalie says, Trish, we haven't talked since I left Tulsa. Um, um, and Butter says, Butter's like, you got something on your mind, Natalie. Trish, Trish, <laughs> Trish, I want to make clear, please. Um, what is your impression of me? And what do you make of me? Uh, and what made you feel that way? Well, I don't think you treat Michael kindly at all. Oh, and, really? Uh, really? He provides everything for you, Butter. And, and uh, you're, you're like a child. She equivalent, yeah. You can tell that she thinks of her son as a child because she says, quote, she does. you're mean to him all the time. You're just mean to my baby. So this is telling me this is a low emotional IQ mm-hmm. that it's just – because again, I never called you a hooker. I never said that. And, and now, y'all, now she's the gaslighter. She's gaslighting her, well, Natalie. She, that, well, first of all, Mike starts going, he starts says, Ask her the question, ask her the question, ask her the question. Screaming off camera, screaming. And, and he, he's, and she, and they're tag teaming says, Natalie. She says, I've never called you anything close to a hooker. And she even says, I don't know where you came up with that. <laughs> But listen, this is some shit, and you need to knock it the fuck off. Uh, That's you why are I not get mad. Nice to my son. Now she does say something, and I kind of can see the validity in this. She says it's all about what you want and what you want to do, and when you don't get what you want, you act like a brat. That I will give butter. And she that says. Is true. I don't think this is true. She says, I don't believe a second that you love him because of the way you treat him. That I just, I think Natalie did love Mike, but I think like you said before, I think Natalie loved the idea of this. She big, loved the idea. This big American. Remember, let's take back everybody. Take a breath and remember how did Natalie describe Mike three years ago when we first met them, she would talk about this big American wilderness man, mm-hmm. like this man in the this wilderness, romanticized, this grizzly man, the brawny man, the brawny, yes, that would come and carry her away and take care of her and be her protector because she has trauma and she needs codependency of protection. Right. She needs someone who protects her and always makes her feel safe. And instead, she got. The human embodiment of whatever. whatever. I don't know. Who always, Uh don't you feel like Mike's underwear is always baggy? Always. Like it always looks overstretched. And he's always breathing really heavy. Yes. He's that person you sit next to that you can just hear them breathing. Yes. (laughs) So it it should remind. I think we told people. By the way, in the Sissy Squad, y'all, we're not really kind of allowing. Even though we brought it up, apparently that video of Mike's penis—it's revenge porn. It's so we're revenge not allowing porn. anymore, and we're not talking about. Even it. though we he's didn't know that he's gross, but nobody deserves revenge yeah. porn. So we didn't know that. So that's why we're kind of halting that. Um. So they're basically screaming. You're you're exactly right about this. She romanticized. Here's what she's romanticized in her life. You guys, she's romanticized her first marriage. Yeah. And what she would get when uh, – and then she started thinking about, well, maybe I need to change. Maybe I need to go outside of <sighs> of Ukraine. So I found this – through a family friend, I found this Grizzly Adams, this brawny man who was different from me. And then – so all of these kind of fairy tales uh, were exposed to the real 
cruel light of day, her first marriage, her second marriage, which she doesn't talk about because Mike is her third marriage, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So, I think her second marriage, <clears throat> by the way, she just lightly touched on. I just got an inkling the there, was, there could be possibly verbal and physical yep. abuse. I agree. That. I agree. That, that is just speculation on our part. We don't have any factual information. Well, no, that. that's the one she won't talk about. Exactly. So, it just it feels traumatic. Uh, so because we actually don't know. Think about it. We don't. We know very, very little about Natalie. Very little. We only know her mother. Y'all, for all uh, we know, she could be in that fucking Scarlett Johansson Black Widow movie. <laughs> we know nothing about what happened in her life. Yeah. Uh, like, she barely talks about her past. Barely. Um, so we, uh, and then, so when she came to Scream, uh, she noticed that this really wasn't the America, the Pacific Northwest that she imagined. She wants to be in cities. Mm-hmm. And so she's wanting she what she her expectations, you guys, are to take all of the the movie and TV and wrap them up and and add and make a life of that to to piece together parts of television and film to make this dream life that she's and, seen about America. And what and we that's learned, not what she chooses. It's not what she chooses. And something that I think this isn't fact. However, what we've learned in what three years now of watching 90 day fiance on the, on most, unless they're well-traveled, but think about it. Most foreigners who haven't traveled a lot. Yeah. Only believe their only idea of America is what they've seen in movies. Mm -hmm. Think of the difference of somebody like with Michael and Juliana. Juliana was a model. She had traveled. She very much knew what America was or or countries where it's just it's interesting like foreign people that come from like the philippines have a more realistic idea of what america is mm-hmm. but in countries like where eastern europe eastern europe european countries, right, right, right. <laughs> at least on this show yeah those ideas are like eastern michael europe, from nigeria it's like what america nigeria, is on a, even south america <laughs> um you know, it, it's it's further farther remote. Yeah, it's like Paul and Carini. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I see this on TV. That's America, right? And so, I, I you're totally right. She she's she's it's almost like paper mache or a mosaic. She's tried to build her life of a little piece. She probably of saw dreams. Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, she thought that that <laughs> like that that this is by Seattle. And, and normal people, you guys understand these are these are. Uh, imagined things and these are fairy tales but people like natalie who have a desperation level who may not be that solid emotionally they believe it because they have to believe it they believe it because if they don't believe in something they're hope hopeless and remember again i agree with that because remember i i i think we've kind of it's been so long we've been slogging with this couple remember the way natalie was when we met her in uh, in Ukraine, yeah. she remember how much she talked about her religion and mm-hmm. how she held on to church and that. And she talked about Mike. She wanted to, she wanted him to go to church and this was important. You're so right that Natalie she was trying to make him the man that she wanted him to be. Y'all Natalie, she can't stand on her own. She's not Mm-mm. strong enough. She needs her mother. She needs Mike. She needs her faith. Juliana. She needs Juliana. She needs these things to survive or she right. feels like she will die on her own. So, and we see this because 
Butter tells her this, and basically she says, I don't believe you're in for a second. And then... Then he, they start screaming. Then, then she madly just hangs up the phone, and Mike, what happens is Mike says, okay, you want to get into it? You want to get into it? Go. Let's get into it. It kind of reminded me of the Joker when he was like, <laughs> when Mike, or not the Joker, but when um, Michael Keaton and Batman says, you want to get nuts? You want to get nuts? You want to get nuts? And he goes, let's get nuts. <laughs> God, that movie's so good. Uh, I still think that that's my favorite franchise. Of you all know of he's it. coming back. A, you know he's coming yes. back as a Batman, right? Yes. Ooh, I'm very yes. excited. Um, I'm nerd, 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 y'all. And I, I watched an episode of He Man last night with, with the new He Man, and it's so good on Netflix. Ugh. Okay, let me let, let's focus. Let's focus a little more. So then, you want to get what you want to know what happened? So we had all these Christmas gifts. I gave her all of these gifts. Do you know what she did? Do you know what she did? Do you know what she did? She went to Juliana's house and gave them to Juliana and her kids. And Trish is still on the phone, actually. I'm wrong. And Trish says, that shit is childish. That is, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing when you just give someone's gifts away? Now, Mike and Natalie are dealing with people who probably don't come from a lot of money. So I know that my father, if I if I had gotten him gifts, or if he had gotten me gifts, and I just gave away gifts to people, that would be a big trigger to him because yep. how my father shows love yep. is through gifts. Things. So it's literally Mike can't say this, or he's never. But that felt like uh, she was totally saying your love doesn't matter to me, right? <laughs> and and she might have not been wanting. She might have decided that that and because natalie's ethical rule is no i don't want to do this because uh he this was we were having a fight and i did not need to give him this and we don't know why she gave that she just says it's true it's true it's true i i did this but we don't know why she gave them the gifts maybe sean robinson will ask we have no idea right well why that happened and i can't help but thinking it's not because juliana's family is 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 lacking because they live in seattle so yeah. uh Maybe, i would but i place, feel like she did it nice or... i feel like she did it out of spite that's that's what my first and i think mike yeah. i think she probably did too because i do think y'all she probably didn't get what she wanted maybe yeah and her idea was instead of telling mike because y'all this is the deal it's 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 crazy but it's so normal Y'all, often what people are bitching about, what they're not getting in a relationship, is also what they're doing to someone else. Yep. And so Mike's true. big thing, Natalie, is you never communicate with me. And Natalie's big thing was Mike is you, you never, never communicate, communicate with me. With me. Yep. And Natalie, instead of telling him, uh, Michael, these gifts, they're not what I – and telling him, let me let you learn about me, and I really appreciate this, but next time that – no. She just says, well, I'll give the gifts away to everybody else. It makes me look like a – Natalie's all concerned with how she's perceived. Not right. by, by, by everyone. I'll give these gifts to Natalie. She'll love me. I'll I'll look like this good giving person, mm-hmm. but she there's this misfire in her brain and lack of empathy of how would this make Mike feel? Yeah, it's. I think she's also Mike is petty, but Natalie's a different level of petty. I agree. Um, and and it's and that is and she she will. She'll never own up to that part of herself. Never. Um, She'll never own up to anything. Natalie, 
Y'all, part of emotional intelligence, and I know this from, I've seen this breakthrough with having to work because sometimes it's part of therapy is owning the bad parts of, or not bad, but owning the, the gross parts of yourself that you don't love, but you know mm-hmm. you do and you're not happy with it, but really yeah. owning that and, and really figuring out why you do it and, and learning why was the pattern of Natalie can't do any of that. No. And at the same time, the prop Mike's problems are all in that what Mike thinks is communication is unemotional people talking about things. Cause so when someone gets emotional, Michael immediately shuts down. So yes. Mike shuts down and, and, and y'all look he, at his mother. Exactly. Who does the same thing. Gives it right back to her. So anytime Natalie talks about how she feels, Mike doesn't understand that because that's not, that's not his currency. And be, he, he gaslights her because guess what? His mother gaslighted and shamed him yep. for having emotions as a boy, yep. probably, and told him not to feel things, just right. to get over it. Keep going. Eat your butter. Life's good. <laughs> that was the slogan of the butter plant. <laughs> Keep going. Eat your butter. Life's good. When, when Mike's father died in the butter plant, she was burning and yearning and burning and yearning dearly died. Butter. Butter. She said, your father's dead. Let's not talk about it. Keep going, son. Get out there and play some football, Mike. You're a big boy. That is exactly what was said. That's even exactly though his father's said. still alive. His father's service alive, message no. from Reality Gaze. Yeah. In our mind, he died in a butter factory. <laughs> he died. He fell into the big butter churn, yeah. which, we under, which we know is probably a vat that does that. But I really imagine it's an yeah, actual it's life-size like, churn. It's a huge. Ro- it's, it's got arms. It's a robot Aunt Eller from Oklahoma yeah, just churning yeah, butter. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yearning. Churning, churning until he died. Uh, <laughs> it's a big robot. It's a big, a big robot of Aunt Eller. That's it a, cost them a lot of money. That's a Roger. That's a but Roger to the Hammerstein joke. If you get it, you're one of us. It cost them a lot of money, but they figured it was worth it. They they just converted uh, a Bob's Big Boy <laughs> to look like it, and they put it in drag. Put a wig. Put a wig yeah, on Bob's uh-huh, Big Boy. An old lady. Um, so yeah, churning butter is my life. Yeah, so that Mike keeps saying that's not how a wife acts when you do that. Screaming, and he's like, that's "Does anyone in this room disagree?" Does and and. We, this is butter. This is all butter saying when you get yourself a wife, Michael, uh, you're going to find someone who treats you like I do, but you'll never find someone who's good yep. like I am. And what is sad, What what is sad that's coming out in this is Mike is really angry. Something mm-hmm. in life makes Mike <sighs> really angry, and he has rage. Scary. And it's not even about Natalie. He's I don't think he's ever been able to process that rage. We have we don't know about Mike's father. I imagine Butter probably was not a the easiest person to live with. <laughs> and my understatement of the year. But my kind of the therapeutic pigs drove him off. My therapeutic ESP tells me Mike probably 
doesn't have the best relationship with his dad and he blames his mother for that a lot, but he mm-hmm. can't blame his mother because his mother is the person that's quote unquote been there for him and loved him all yep. along. Yeah. And he has conflicting emotions. So now there's my, one little bit at, near the end. Well, we also then find out. So finally he's the only, she hangs up. She just hangs up on Trish, which I kind of enjoy. She just clicks <laughs> off. And then we find out she's like, Mike's like, why did I marry Natalie? Why did, and she says, how many nights have you stayed with me, Natalie, since Christmas? How many nights? Y'all, we think this is probably like around March. Yeah, well, maybe a little earlier than that. Maybe February. And he's like, how many nights, Natalie? She will not answer him. And he says, once. You've stayed with me one night. He said, we just made love two nights ago. And you... (sighs) Go and leave and go stay with Juliana. And that's she, some, that is some shit. That's some shit. Because Natalie's, Ooh. because again, a lot of marriage therapists talked about this. Y'all, men like Mike aren't able to express love affection. So not at all. A lot of women think, oh, when he has sex, it's just sex. That's not true. That not probably is the way he feels connection and love when I have sex with you. And then Natalie just leaves him. And she says, Ooh. well, my, all of my stuff is that. At Juliana's, my hair curlers, my eye cream, my fish, or whatever. That is very and fucking cold that she can just fuck however, him and then I, go to her room. I, I agree. However, if he had the communication skills to say, I understand all of that, that you, that, like, please, can you stay here with me? I feel very emotionally vulnerable right now. He, he'll never be able to do that. No, instead. He just lets her go, mm. He just whatevers it and well, then but stuffs it down further. Mike, if you notice, Mike never says – he's always talking about her. He never – he does say once like, how do you think that makes me feel? Right. But he asks her to read his mind instead of saying, yep. that makes me feel like this. And y'all, if you're in a relationship and you say to someone, how do you think that makes me feel? That's a passive-aggressive dick move. Instead, you should say – Natalie, this makes when me you feel, made love yeah. to me and left, it made me, me feel, feel blank. Yeah. Instead, Mike says, oh, she's a mover in her now. She's a mover in her. I don't know what mover in her is. <laughs> I never heard that expression either. Um, but yeah, I think it's very important because Natalie expects Mike to read her mind and what she's because she can't really uh, explain how she's feeling. When she does, and then at the same time, he doesn't validate anything. No. And then when he's, he expects her to read his mind, and when he does talk about how he's feeling, he shouts at her, and she shuts down and won't answer. Exactly. So the, the communication that they try to do, you guys, is completely fucked. In a technical term, their communication is fucked. It it's is fucked. Fucked and up beyond saying, belief. Y- you can't tell... You and he's asked this before, and Manley's never answered him. She says, "You can't tell me about me why you love me. You can never tell me why I'm important yeah. to you." Oof. She's never Yeesh. been able to answer that, never. And again, you, I do feel sorry for Mike because I think I feel sorry for, I feel sorry for both of them, and both of them are gross. Like it's a very I'm holding two things because yeah. that picture he he painted of his life, he says. I do think Mike probably, whatever his job is, he works hard and he is supporting Natalie fully. And he's thinking, I come home at 530 and you're not even home. Right. And then he said this line that kind of, oh, he said, I took the vow and I meant it. Mm-hmm. 
and he doesn't think she meant it. And he said, there's no love for me at all. I, I think the idea of Natalie actually being, being in her life and living her life and living in the present is completely unfamiliar to her. She's always living in some kind of idealized future. And this is only a step in getting there. Um, and, and I know, yes. And I know Mike was yelling at her, which wasn't great. No, it's terrible. But, but I think if he talked to her and said these same things, she would still shut down and not I agree, say totally. anything. And I think that's why he's yelling. Cause I bet Mike has probably said these things to her and yeah. she just shuts down and doesn't say anything. And, and I want to just say to there, there are people who there are big Natalie stands and there are big Mike stands. And I just want to say both of those explanations are too easy. This is yeah. a really rotten problem. And they're too easy and inaccurate. Layers. Yeah. And, and it's very easy. It's e- the easiest thing to say is only is that um, I feel so bad for Natalie. Mike is a gaslighter. That both those things can be true. And you can also say, I feel bad for Mike because Natalie uh, never, never, Natalie is not emotionally present in the relationship. And some would argue seems like a user. Yeah. It seems like she's using him. All of those things can be true at the same time. We do not have to be team Mike or team Natalie. That is is very common in our culture to do. This is, this is a fucking roller derby. It's not, let's cancel Mike or Natalie. Let's cancel this relationship and yeah, these two totally. people move on. Mm-hmm. And because Natalie even ended and says, well, he never admits his fault. But again, she never admits her fault. They both never. Yeah. If you look back at this, y'all, and if you see this in your own relationship, I'm telling you, start talking about what I contribute or don't contribute and stop talking about what the other person doesn't do. Yeah. And I never want to see these two ever again on television. Please. Uh, I think please. we're going to see Natalie on The Single Life. Oh. I'm kind of here for Natalie dating in The Single Life. It's what, it's, uh, can I find a rich businessman it's, in Seattle? It's going to be crazy because yeah. she's, she's not going to blink away. I think, boy, that took a oh. while, y'all. But I think we needed to say all that. I feel that. like my father. Like I just took a dump. But I honestly feel like this was the most revealing thing. I feel like I understand them yep. a little bit now. I feel like I understand them a lot a bit, way more. A big um, breakthrough in this relationship. We're going to talk about Joby and Yara when we come back. Uh, but first, we're going to take a little breaky. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com To all our queens, to Caitlin and... The Canadian sissies. Oh my God, Poodle. I can't stop singing that song either. It's so catchy. So catchy. Sissies, we are obsessed with the Songfinch original song that we premiered at the Toronto Live Show. Songfinch lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. 
It's completely unique, personal, and lasts forever. For example, we wanted to create a song dedicated to our Canadian listeners, some of which have waited four to five years to see us live. After the show, we had so many people tell us how special the song made them feel, and we are still getting DMs and comments about it. And the song Finch songwriter was so clever, incorporating all our sissy references like Aunt Peggy's Lip, Elizabeth Smart, and even Keep Going Queens. Yes. Song Finch walks you through a simple process to create your original song. Just tell them who the song is for, what style of song you want, and then share some personal details about your relationship. Then an actual Song Finch musician of your choice will write, record, and produce your original song in just four to seven days. You can also choose unique add-ons to make the gift even more personalized, like a vinyl record of your song or a piece of -of one-of-a-kind art made from your lyrics. You can even add your song to Spotify. With more than 350,000 happy customers, Songfinch is proud to be called the number one custom music company in the world. Whether your song is for Mother's Day, Father's Day, an upcoming graduation, or a wedding, or just to show a loved one how much you care, start your song now to lock in a top Songfinch artist. And for a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free. So you and the lucky person you gifted to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Go to songfinch.com slash realitygaze and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, a $50 value. Again, our URL is songfinch.com slash realitygaze. Don't forget to share your song with us, too. songfinch.com slash realitygaze. Now, Gary, play us out with a little bit of our Songfinch original song to all our queens. Have hope and find your happy Hey, hey, our Canadian listeners We know you get tired of waiting Reality Gaze is coming to you So no more complaining To all our queens To Caitlin and The Canadian sissies Love yourself Never be ashamed To all our queens To Caitlin and The Canadian sissies Love yourself, never be ashamed Have hope and find your happy Have hope, have hope Keep going, queens Sibling fights are unavoidable But what if every fight you had Was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, but that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Dis and Tell, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Dis and Tell on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. We're back with Jovi Child. Miami. <laughs> Miami. Going to Miami. Uh, with Joby and Yari, they go to Miami. They go to, 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 go to Miami. Uh, I mean, and golly, you would have thought, I feel like we should call Yara, uh, Yara plain and tall. As she's like, <laughs> finally got out of the prairie and seeing the city. She's like, oh, oh, 
It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. She is like, this woman has been in the house with a baby and the you you feel like she's in the middle of a cabin over like a river in a swamp the way she it, talks it is it is interesting being i don't know how much yara has seen of the us um mm. it might have only been new orleans and the bayou and well she went to vegas for her wedding that's true and remember though she loved it and when she went to vegas yeah. she was like so uh anyway so i'm she- telling you now Yara's gonna win the, is gonna end up. She wants to live in Miami or LA. They're gonna wind up. Yeah, it'll be moving. It'll be moving to a city. She may compromise with Atlanta, but I think she'll want to be near the beach. Um, yeah, yeah. She'll she'll want to live in LA. I think you're and right. Maybe, maybe like Tampa. Maybe Tampa's be pretty. Okay with. Um. So she said that he's like, what, what, Joey's like, why are you taking so many coats? Why are you taking all those coats? And she's like, I want to be bougie. <laughs> I never Joby. get to be bougie Joby, here. Let me be bougie. You can be bougie. Be and she literally acts like they're, in, she acts like, I will say, y'all, we've seen their little neighborhood. It's a very cute neighborhood. It's a nice suburb. She acts like they walk outside of her front door. And there's just swamp and frogs. Yeah. And like, uh, <laughs> I think that's just part of her personality. That's part yeah. of the charm that, or non charm, if you don't like her. She, she does have her detractors, but um, uh, that she just likes to, she, she plays at princess. I think there's a good heart in there. Um, but I think mm-hmm. she does. She plays the princess very well. She does. Um, so she is, they're of course taking Gwen. Because uh, Gwen's just going to babysit. I, I love that she called. I love that now she's Miss Gwen. Miss Gwen. Mrs. Gwen. Mrs. Gwen. So uh, she she even said he even says, and this is this is Joby just being so immature. I won't like travel Yara back. I want Yara before you get the baby back. I want Yara to like. I want to have sex again. I want to have sex again. Um, and basically he's like, cause that, then we can start to work on our problems, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, I do think there's a little bit, I, mean, I 100% agree with you. Jovi's being immature and, yeah. he's, and I'm kind of like, you're a dad now. He's a mama's boy. So you're, yeah. Yeah. You're a dad now and you're a married, grow the fuck up. Now that said, it is a little, it's been weird because Yara has grown so much because Yara has been there the whole time. Right. Whereas Jovi goes to work for three months and it's like, it's like he, he just doesn't have, he hasn't had the time to grow with them. And honestly, they need to work that out of if that, if this is going to continue to be his job and I think it will be for a long time, they need to figure this out because this is going to be, their new normal of Yara can kind of continue to build and make this life for herself. And then someone leaves for two or three months and then they have to step back into this. And what, and what for him, you see it from his perspective is he goes off to work. There's not a lot of play. He, he has his two months or whatever it is. Um, and then comes back and the rest of the time is vacation. That's how he's always lived. Yes. And that's very so, true. He thinks so, life should be vacation. That's a good point. And so it is weird to have his kind of like, um, I have a friend who's a travel nurse. Uh, and this is like, well, 
friend. <laughs> oh. oh. Um, and he works. From Grinder. <laughs> Grinder. Grinder. Uh, he, he works really hard for a while and, uh, and then has time off. Or uh, fl- sometimes flight attendants will do this. Um, and sometimes, especially the younger ones, their life is vacation. Uh, and, and you work and you work and you work. Mm-hmm. Then you have two or three weeks and it's just vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Jovi, that's what it's always been. You work maybe nine, eight weeks, two months. That's a hard work with not a lot of breaks in between. No, no, no drinking, no nothing, no everything. And then you get what two months off, and it's then it's just party. Yeah. So it's a hard transition to make if you've been doing it for a while. Yeah. So I I get it. At the same time, though, you're a dad, and they need to have the conversation. I bet his father was the same way. That, that's what I was just about to ask. I wonder what his own father was like because it's not like this is a new life for right. him. He grew up with this. He's seen this. But right. it's weird. as a, He grew up as a kid with his father going away, and so he kind of knows. It's like he forgets what the other side of that is like yeah. when you weren't working, when you're in normal and- life and having – to have a dad come in and out. And it's unfortunate that the way Yara tries to communicate with him with this is not see it my side, but it's more complaining. Look what you, you left me and now I'm here. And he's like, I had to leave you because I had to, I had to earn money for otherwise wouldn't have any money for the baby. You know, so yep. there, there's not a <laughs> lot of, number one, you guys, there these people don't have problems compared to other people no, in the, the Night no. universe. These are easy, workable problems that you can do with some marriage counseling and uh, and a good night of like banging once a week. Yeah. Um, but the but but they they don't really effectively communicate either. Which so. and this goes back to y'all. I mean, this is something that um uh, that uh, I've talked about this book, The Passionate Marriage, and the, the therapist who has a horrible name, a Schnarch, is talked about. Wow, that's but bad. I, it's bad. But Snarch? Snarch, yeah. <laughs> Schnarch. 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 <laughs> but here's the deal, Schnarch. y'all. Look, I, it, I don't want to, I'm not taking this minute from Mars, winter, not that type of bullshit. It's more about conditioning of what men and women at least straight straight cis men and women are able those which are the majority of people in the world right now yeah and what they the roles they're taught to play and look men are conditioned in this society that again it's what we talked a little bit about mike and natalie jovi wants to have sex with yara and we kind of all say oh he's a dog he just wants to have sex but really that is the only time men are able to be, be very expressive and sometimes even soft and emotional and te- and and share love with someone. Mm-hmm. And I do think at the end of, at the end of the day this is about Jovi wants to feel seen and he feels like he lost his wife to be a mom. To be to be a mom. Yeah. And he can't communicate that. He's just saying, "I won't fun Yara back." Actually, I won't I th- fun Yara back. I think what he wants is he wants to be seen by Yara and feel like he's, and I know that a lot of women listen to this and you want to say, well, fuck him. She's doing everything. She's raising the child. She moved. Yes. Yes. She did all this. And if you want your marriage to work and you both to feel like you're 
loved and appreciated. It's just part of it. It's just part of it. It's the way Jovi needs to figure out if he's going to be gone and he comes back of how do I support Yara when I'm mm-hmm. gone? How do I make her feel like right. she's important to me? They both just want to feel important to one another and that's it. Yeah. And they haven't yet figured out a way to do it with his job and and with the stress and uh, being a mom when he's away and COVID and all this. I think it was interesting. We did start to see a little bit of the kind of fun Yara um, after when they're going off and she's on vacation so you start Y'all, to Joby understand. Literally, just throws the baby to his mother and is like, "Here you go. <laughs> hey, take take Mila. Mila. We'll be back. We'll be back in three days." So they're t- she, they're in the on the way down there, and they're and she's like, "I need to." Yara says, "I need to find something old and rich in Miami." <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that because we've forgotten Yara's very dry, funny, and yes. and and Jovi Jovi is too to an extent. So you you understand why they're together. So yeah. uh, she's like, Florida, no, I have swamp. And she's like, he's like, well, Florida does have a swamp. And she's like, Florida swamp is better. <laughs> Florida swamp is better. And so, and jo- whereas Jovi's saying, instead of a, being a mom, she's a grandma. She goes, wake up at 5 a.m. We go right. to sleep at 7.30. And I love that. Y'all says, I'm just so excited to go to Miami. Y'all, again, this is what Poodle and I were talking about. She thinks Miami is the actual Will Smith Miami video. Yeah. <laughs> it's With just Snoop a dog smoking out of a Cadillac it's just and a convertible. You're driving. There's women with big tits and bikinis just yep. shaking their tits. There's it's guys. It's not far just, from it, though. It's not far I, from that. I've never been to Miami, so I don't <laughs> it's know. It's not far from it. I've only been to the airport, so I can't really say anything. Oh, so we have no idea where to go. I want to go. Live want, oh. shows in Miami, y'all. I might never come back. <laughs> Ooh, you're going to have to triple on prep. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of Latin raw dogging for you. <laughs> Do you have a Cuban formula, perhaps? <laughs> you're going to need it. Specifically for that? because Cuban dick, Ooh, it's Ooh. up there. Ooh. It's up Ooh. there. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Yikes. Mm. Um, so they're basically, she's got this like, Cute little purple and pink, purplish pink dress. You look like, great. Do I look like stripper? No, you look good. You look, look really good. good. You look good. You look good. Um, so it's their first date night in forever. And he's like, well, maybe it's not. We can have sex again. We can have sex. I'm really excited about having sex with y'all. Um, and so there, she, of course, falls asleep in the car because that's a very mom thing to do. Because it's almost like if you, you guys ever have these where you have like three or four busy days and you're like, oh, finally a day of vacation. I can do some stuff for myself. And you're, 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 because a big stressor isn't there, immediately your body goes, Oof, That's actually a good asleep. sign that she's sleeping. She's relaxing. Yeah. You know what? Veronica from Veronica and Tim told me this on Instagram the other day. Because, y'all, we talked to her a little bit. And she's totally right. Your Jovi kind of sounds like Tim. It kind of does, but it's, low, it, but it's not as low as Tim is. Oh, that's true. That is yeah. Tim, yeah. Tim, uh, Jovi's more up here, and I'm talking talk, like, talk about Yara, and he's always smiling. You can, he's always like, yeah, I, that's, I told Yara, I told Yara that, like, we got to take Mila to go to Mama. Oh, they're both so funny on Pillow Talk. Y'all, if you're not following her on Instagram, you're missing out. She's great. She loves, anyway. uh, she's promoting her, her lady toys. 
Oh, yes. In empowerment. Positive. I love it. I love it. I love, I love it. it. She should. Lady toys. Toys lady for toys. your lady. Yes. Um. So they are. So, yeah. So they're going to the car and they're going to go have dinner and drinks on like a rooftop. And um. And Joey's like, tell me I'm right. This is a great idea. Right. This is a great and idea. And Yara's like, oh, no, I just worry about. And she calls her daughter a little bun. It's so cute. Uh, and he was like, he, <laughs> I love your arm. He's, he's kind of looking at her. He's had some, he's had drinks probably before they went. He kind of looks at her like this. And she's like, are you fucking drunk? <laughs> are you fucking drunk, Jovi? Like, no, no, are not you, drunk. Are you? Uh, he's like me after I've not had like three vodkas. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. And I start to look a little. You can tell. Yeah, they the day goes well, but then at night, y'all, he's getting drunk. I think she's had a little bit to drink, too, she but has. not like Jovi. Yeah. But you can tell they both had a little bit to drink. She's trying to check in on Milo. And she's checking in on Milo, and Jovi starts. That's where Joey goes. I, Jovi I goes from you're like, using Milo to, like, not pay attention to me. I mean, it's... Which is ridiculous. But like, that, he's just, this, is, this is the closest to Jovi saying exactly how he feels, He's though. still talking around it, but he isn't saying, like... Hey, basically, he wants to know: Are you still into me? Do you still yeah. love me? Like, but y'all, because I think Jovi is—I think he's a confident guy in one way. But come on, look at Yara and the way no, she is. Like, he always not. feels like he's probably very lucky to be with her, and yeah. that she could drop him at any minute. I think, I think what she's attracted to is the idea that Jovi could handle her cutting expression. And Jovi could handle. Jovi could clap back a little bit. I think they. Lo- I yeah. think they both make each other laugh. I really exactly. think that's yeah. a big thing that's for what them. It is. And th- remember, y'all, when they met, they Jovi talked about there was a bang trip, and then they fought for a little bit, and then they were kind of like, "Oh, we like each other." It's they very have good much sex. That, that is their relationship, though. It's a little bit of you tease me, I tease you, yeah. but there's a lot of love underneath. I. I get those kind of relationships. I, those are the kind of the one, those are kind of the ones that I prefer to have. <laughs> and then I it agree. usually ends in throwing things when things go, don't go well. So that's not the kind or, of relationship or the cops have. coming. <laughs> we don't want that. No, I don't want those. No. And so, but Yara says, she's like, Jovi, she said, she's like, you need to do more. You're, you're a father and a husband now and you need to do more. And, and, she says, I just want to be, I just need to be appreciated. Yeah. And, and Jovi, I get it. I understand. He's got, well, I just, you know, I didn't know we were going to have a wife. And then a week later we find out we're pregnant. Yeah. And I get it. This I is, know what, it, and that's I, the most reveal re- revelatory he's being, you know, he's, he's been, it's hard because I get why he feels all that. And again, he's been gone. So it's still new to him, but you're also mm-hmm. kind of like, um, your baby's like, Six months old. Like, get the fuck over it. Like, come on, it's here. I go out and back between those two things, too. And constant reality checks and kind of being in the present and not wishing for the old Yara or I can't wait till we get to go on vacation again. He doesn't live. He's in the past. Yeah. We were talking about uh, Natalie. And he either lives, Natalie, Natalie always living in the future, the future tense. I will do this. I can't wait to where I can do this. And Jovi is living in the past or can't wait till get back to vacation. So his present is very attractive. Yeah. 
Um, but then, so it basically ends up with her going, and I'm, I'm over this. I'm so over this. I'm going to go back and talk to Mila. Go see how you see how Mila is. And it's over. And Joe is like, I'm over it too. And she's like, I don't want to fight. He's like, you started it. You started it. Yeah. It's all, and they leave. It looks like it. next week they're at a strip club and y'all. I think it's good. next week. Yeah. Doesn't go good. Boy, I I feel like production said, "How about a how about a trip to a strip club?" And Joe was like, we'll "Yeah, pay. yeah." And Yara's like, "Fine, if we have to." Yeah, that this is totally project production uh, pushed this trip. There's no way Yara would initiate. I'm telling this. you, if I was a mother and I just three months prior had a baby and I still had like milk in my booze, my body didn't feel like mm-hmm. mine. The last place I would go with my husband is a strip club. I agree, which is why I think it was production initiated. Uh, let's talk about Brandon and Julia. Brandon and Julia, we are mo- y'all. It's moving day, Auntie Shrew. It is moving um, day, and Julia is so helpful packing. <laughs> How am I helpful, TV? Um, she just wants to play with her dog Simba, and Brandon is trying to get her to help. And the only thing I could notice is. Y'all, Brandon has a jug behind his I head. I am so glad you noticed this that said money for Lamborghini. How old are you? Like, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I had a Lamborghini poster because I thought in my room because I thought that was what boys did. Same. Did have a girl on it too? <laughs> no, it just had a car. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want that car. I'm, I don't want a Lamborghini. You can't. I wanted a Geo Tracker, y'all, because it looked cute. My brother had a Geo Tracker. <laughs> anyway, y'all, you can't fucking a Lamborghini. Y'all, every boy thought they were supposed to put a Lamborghini on their wall of their bedroom. That's they what did. We it's right we by my picture, my poster of Kathy Ireland. <laughs> so, y'all, here's the deal. Wow. Here is the deal. Is that, um. Do you is, think it was just change? Do you think it was just change? And like, it, it was just, the, the parents kept that in there the whole time. So that's what, either this needs to be like from when he was 13 years old and it's still there. Or, or maybe it's got all his money in it. If it's here as an adult, then Brandon's got some, he might want to process that. I just, I cackled when I saw it. I did too. <clears throat> uh, I I guess, what what's what's over there next? Your Monchichi? Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, and it's you know it's, it's next it's, to the protein powder <laughs> that he keeps on his that he yeah, keeps on his shelf. I wonder if it's a cultural thing because what this kind of to put a button on the kind of what the the tit, the conflict comes in this is basically Julia's argument is Brandon says, "Well, this is hard for me to leave home," whereas Julia's argument is, "This is not your home; it's your parents' home." Right. So. Now, I don't know if this is her or or Russian. I mean, I don't. Know. I know in Latin American culture, you stay with your parents until you get married. Yes. Yeah, so, so, and I know some in some houses, like um, my uh, like my boyfriend was raised more like this is your this is my house, and I'm letting you live here. Like you live here now. You, really? There, there's a lot of parenting that take this stance of not in a mean way, but just kind of like this but is. But he was military and he grew up, so he probably grew up moving. But it's kind so of the he probably doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah, it's different. He doesn't call one house home. 
but I do have other friends where their parents, their father and parents were kind of like, we love you. This is your home. We love it. But when you get older and you go to college and move, move, you move out, you need to get your home because this is our home. We like, we're letting you live here. Yeah. And I, I guess I never, I never thought about it. I, I think my parents have. My parents were, were not that way at all. But I, I, it's never that I asked to move back in and I never really thought I would, but it was never, it was always like, no, come stay. You can stay in your, you come, come stay, come, come home and see people. Yeah. And you can, you can, you can, um, you can stay at your, what are you looking at? Sorry, I heard the door. I'm just making sure seeing who's here. <laughs> Y'all, there's nothing more nerve wracking when someone is turning and looking at a door and you're talking to them. Well, um, I was talking earlier and you're looking above because your neighbor is stomping <laughs> no, around and you did the same thing. It sounded like she was, that she's been opening and closing a cash register. <laughs> Any, anyway, uh, so he says, she says, this is not your home. And I think this is just, I don't know if this is common, but I, I guess, I guess he is old enough, but it is, this is the first time he moved, he moved out with his friends for a little while, but it is his home and it is kind of, it's very insensitive for her not to, just because she wants to get out of it. She's she's being being very immature by saying, no, we're going to get out. We're never going to come back again. And he's like, yeah. And he's even saying things like, yeah, when I want to have some food for Sunday dinner. And she's like, it's very yes, you're Julia. You're going to have to go back to the farm occasionally to Sorry, see your you husband's parents, parents that are your like this just has to happen, girl. Yeah, it's it, this is dumb. This whole thing is dumb. So she is, uh, he's actually crying. He's tearing up a little bit because he's moving because yeah. he's, y'all, he's attached to the teat. He's attached to both of his parents. Um, and, and she's like, and we're never going to come back to a farm. And, and so the parents are asking, are you excited to move out? And he's like, I guess. And she yeah, goes, Betty, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Because Betty and Donnie would say, well, maybe one day you can come back and, you can pass to pass down to your, to your children, and, their, and, and their then they kids can do can. that. And Julia just it cuts to her confessional, and she's just making dollar signs, saying, "We're going to sell, and we buy a nice house with pool. It's easy." I think that's discounting what her husband wants, and I and okay. I think, I'm glad you brought that up because I have a theory about that. Yeah, and so I think. I hate to tell her, but her magic vagina will only last out for so long for getting well, him to make make tons of decisions. Well, see, she wants to do everything. Well, I wrote, you know, Betty is crying and she's saying it's sad. And this Betty says, which is kind of her issue to work through. She's like, I'll never lose the little boy in my heart. And I get that. But maybe that's why she's babied him so much. And yeah. so whereas Julia's like, y'all, this is Julia kind of makes a good point when she says, it's 35 minutes away. I flew 17 hours from my family. No, that's fair. He's 35 minutes. And Betty's like, well, 35 minutes is a long way. And they're acting. And Brandon is too. They're all kind of acting. And I think maybe this is why Julia is being so hard. Mm. They're all kind of acting like he's making the biggest sacrifice in the world. Yeah. Now, I get it. You're sad you're leaving your home. Y'all, she left her fucking country and everything she knows with like two fucking suitcases, right? And moved to be with him. So I I understand that, but I I I think for some people, 
uh, that could be a lot easier than living than leaving to go I 35 agree. minutes away. I don't want to wait anyone's pain over but anyone I don't else's. It, I don't think it was easy for Julia, though. Because we've seen when mm. she talks to her parents in the wedding, like she always cries no, I, when she I, talks I, to her parents. I agree with you. Um, I, I think I don't, that's why she's a little. Ugh. I guess it's. I guess it's trying to wedge her own her own issues in with theirs. Well, saying he, I did this, you should be able to do that. Well, I have a theory. This is my theory, y'all. And he, because he's already said this, y'all. We have to remember what they said when we first saw them. Brandon has said. He doesn't want the farm. Yeah. Brandon doesn't that. want the farm. He does. This is, I think this is all just produced. He doesn't want to stay there. He loves his parents. Y'all, he, I think Brandon wants to get the fuck out and he fuck does. his hot wife and loudly where he can like, like have her strap into a bed <laughs> and she can pour candle wax on his dick and ride oh, him God. like a that pony. That sounds really painful. Why they no listen one should to pour- it. No one should pour candle wax on anyone's dick. While they listen to a genuine song. I'm telling you. <laughs> My pony. Uh, um, then they say, yeah, well, we, we found someone to help out, but they only can do it Monday through Friday. And, and Brandon's like, I'll help you on Sundays or weekends. And Julie's like, what? Y'all, <laughs> he doesn't want to help them on the weekends. He doesn't want to do that. Yeah, I think this. I think he was feeling a little guilty. But um, I, I don't really. I, I you think, think it was all production? I think he was. I either it was production or Brandon's putting it on to get sympathy. Possibly, I think he has no fucking desire to live at this farm. Um, so they're leaving everyone's, uh, and so then they're they're getting into their place. Uh, their uh, mom, Don. I just want to say, Don is such a dad when they're moving out. Okay, okay, everybody, let's just have a staging area. We'll move everything, and we'll. Have, it was such a Fine. dad. <laughs> And mom's just sitting up there on the counter, just like looking in cabinets, going, mm, "Yeah, because yeah, I could see we'll your, see. I could see your dad being like, okay, friend, friend, friend let's we're move gonna everything put this right here. You're gonna put the boxes here.' <laughs> my father, my father would would say, "I think I'll let you do it." That's he would not want to. Yeah. Um. So mom's critiquing everything, and and then. And then Ron, because we're back in 1950s, like, better get used to saying, yes, honey, that will go there because you're a man because you have no choice in the house. No son. choice. <laughs> um, and, and then what is, what is I, Don, I wrote down. He even says they're talking. He and Betty are talking to Cameron. He's like, you know. We lost Brandon to Julia. I think she's always going to pick. Ju- he's going to pick Julia over us. And did you hear Betty said? Well, we'll For see now. what happens down the road. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I, I, I think they're going to be fine. Um, all of their all of their arguments are going to be about now that they're out of the parents' house. All of their arguments now are going to be about money. Welcome to the rest of their season. Yeah, welcome to the rest. I agree with that. It's going <clears> to <throat> all be about money, either things that she wants and him saying, I can't. The thing is, Julia thinks that the problem with Brandon was just his parents' influence. No, oh, nope. girl. He's like his parents. He's like That's his the parents. problem. Yep. You, you thought you married someone who. She thought who, she married vacation Brandon. Yeah. And guess what? You basically married a male version of Betty. So yep. get ready for that to show up. Get the fuck <laughs> ready. 
yeah, so it's going to be, uh, Julia's going to have some, just like those fights Julia had with Brandon and those and the friends, the friends are coming over next time. Julia's crazy jealous side's going to come out again. Yep. And uh, it's every situation we're going to have, hopefully they don't, they don't participate too much longer in the Night A universe, is going to be fucking with Julia. Every single yeah. storyline from now on, because Julia being jealous, Julia wanting money. It's look, look the door, look the door, look the door, look yeah. the door, look the door. I think she's, I think she can be very funny. I do too. Um, however, I think that funny goes away when you realize, oh, that's that's just her per- her personality is very extreme. Yeah, I think and, when we yeah. first met her, you know, like Yara, because they both were. We, you can't help not compare them because they're both mm-hmm. young, similar cultures, and they both were on their, their first season was that season. You're so right that Yara Yara is in on the joke, and she gets when she's being sarcastic. Yeah, Julie, And we thought Julia, Julia was that way. No, that is just her. Julia. And she's not trying to be funny. She's just Julia. She's a little, a little oblivious head in the sand. Yeah. Just like her on that tell-all. She was Ooh. just like, and, and everyone was like, did Bish really say that? Yara re- <laughs> Yara's going to read her again. I'm yeah. so excited. Well, now we've got fucking Angela. Oh, God. Oh, God. Who's Y'all, gonna, that's who the is show. she going to shout over? That, that's the show. That's the show. You can go to realitygazepodcast.com. <laughs> Hey, we appreciate it so, 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 so very much. If y'all, if you haven't left a review for the show, give us five stars and go on there. It, it helps us if you write something. If you don't know what to write, just write Keep Going, Keep going Queens. Queens. We appreciate it very much. Find us on Cameo. You can find us on the Twitter. See our memes that our sissy yep. Christina makes at Reality Gaze Podcast. I got my first Didi Rivette cameo request today. Oh, pull out that wig. <laughs> we haven't we haven't seen Didi in so long. She she hasn't she hasn't advertised in a while. I think she's I think she's going on a QAnon rally. I wish times. she could do it like in like a storage <laughs> unit that's like a stock room. You know, she just that she just keeps her stuff there at prime. She's- She's in her Q. She's made her Q and on. Maybe, maybe she could do it from like her closet or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know her fallout shelter. Fallout shelter. <laughs> so y'all come at us with all of those things. We love you and appreciate y'all. We um, we're heading into August. So Jesus, I just want to. We want to send love out to our our teacher sissies to our parents with kids going back. We know that the stressor of school coming back for everyone. Yeah. We're thinking of you. We're sending you our love and we're just going to remind you to keep going queen. That keep going Queens, especially fi- teacher Queens. Yes. Find us in the sissy squad. We have fun in there. We have That's fun in there. Facebook we got, group. we got groups like sissies who teach. Yes, we do have groups sissies who teach. Also, we um, our Fisher House, we want to remind you that's the charity that we're raising money for. So if you're in the Facebook group, you'll see the announcements. You can read all about that and donate there. And on that note, Poodle, we call these people Lonely Hearts because aren't we all just Lonely Hearts looking for love in all the wrong places? Yes. And if you, if your son still got that money for Lamborghini jar in his bedroom, put a couple dollars in there and then... Call us. us. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com